0: if you have your Bibles and want to follow along it's in Ezekiel very familiar scripture chapter 37 and I'm just going to read the, uh, the first 14 verses of this chapter <clears throat> the valley of dry bones is what the title of this message is, or this, this part of my Bible it said, that, now play close attention to this I know it sounds a little strange but Lord, help us. We'll get this out. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones. And he caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and, lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, prophesize, that means preach, upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, And to these bones. Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you. And ye shall live, and ye shall know That I am the Lord. So I prophesied. As I was commanded. And as I prophesied. There was a noise. And behold. A shaking. And the bones came together. Now listen. Bone to his bone. And when I beheld lo, The sinews. And the flesh came upon them. And the skin covered them. Above. But there was no breath in them. That means there was no life. Then said he unto me, Prophesize unto the wind, Prophesize, son of man, And say unto the wind, Thus saith the four winds, O breath, And breathe upon these slain, That they may live. So I prophesied as I was commanded, And the breath came unto them. Hallelujah, and they lived. And they stood up upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say our bones are dry, and our hope is lost. We are cut off of our part. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel, and ye shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up out of your graves. And listen to this, and shall put my spirit in you, and ye shall live. And I shall place you in your own land, amen, and then shall ye know that I know that I the Lord have spoken it, and performed it, saith the Lord. Our dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful, Lord, once again, Lord, for this opportunity, God, to preach your word this morning. We pray, Heavenly Father, for your anointing upon this message. God, may you come, Lord, in a powerful way and wake us out of our sleep, God, that we're in. Not not a physical sleep, Lord, but a spiritual sleep, God. Awaken us, Lord, to what these words say. For we realize, God, that without your help and without your touch this morning, we can never preach, Lord. We can never bring forth your word. So help your weak servant, Lord, today, God, that those things that you would have me to say and bring forth to your people, God, would be preached on today. In Christ's name, amen, amen. So, let me explain to you just a minute what was actually taking place here. And then we'll get into the revival side of this. But what had happened here was that Ezekiel, he was, uh, lived in Judah, he was a young man, and he worked in the priestly office. He was not a priest, but his intentions was to be a priest, huh? That's what God had called him to do. He felt the calling, and he was going to be a priest in the house of God. And everyone in the church that knows a little bit about the Bible knows what a priest is. So he was going to be highly favored of God and intercede for the people of God. But I want to tell you something in Judah, and it already happened to Israel, remember, the the nations were split in two. And anyway, uh, the Babylonians came, huh, and overthrew Judah, huh? And this was back in 500. Think about how long ago this has been. 597 BC is when this took place, huh? And, and just like the thousands that went into captivity in Judah, Ezekiel was one of them, huh? Now listen to me this morning, Ezekiel, my friend. He had a future, huh? And he had he had what? Uh, knew what he was going to do. He knew what God called him to do. Huh? But now that he, the Babylonians huh, had captured them and, and took them out of their hometown and their home city and took them into exile, his hope was shattered. Huh? His dreams were gone. Huh? Everything that he hoped to do in his life was taken away. Huh? But God came to him. (laughs) Hallelujah! He came to him and said, Ezekiel, I got something for you. Hmm? I'm going to make you a (laughs) prophet. And you're going to prophesy to Israel the future events that are going to take place. And in the first chapter, and in the first verse of this book, it said the heavens opened. The heavens opened and Ezekiel seen a vision of God. And through that vision and through that power and through this whole book, Ezekiel done the work of the Lord. Amen. And to come down here to this portion of scripture in the 37th chapter, and here was the state. Of God's people, huh? The state and the condition that Israel was in, huh? They had been exiled from their home. They've been taken away. Listen, let me let me just ask you something this morning, huh? Let's just say tomorrow huh? that an enemy of another nation comes in and invades us, huh? And takes away everything that we have, our home. And everything we've got, huh? And we have truly totally nothing. And we're under their control. Huh? All of our money, all of our home, their possession, we got. The enemy owns it now. Huh? That's where they were at. They lost everything. And went into exile. Huh? And they said this. Let me back up. Why was they in the shape? Huh? Because they fell back in sin. <laughs> they fell back in sin and God people, and God warned them, you turn your back on me, and you worship other gods, and you follow the ways of the world, and you walk in sin, you're going to be punished. I'll force the enemies of other nations on you, and they'll take away your joy, and your peace, and your home, and you'll have nothing. I want to tell you what, if America don't revive, it's going the same way. Huh? I don't care what you think and what the world thinks, my friend. This nation was established on the word of God, right. huh? And I tell you, if a nation established like the United States turns its back on God, it's going to be punished, huh? Just like Israel was. Right. Now, some people don't believe that. Oh, this nation will never fail. Look where we're at today. Look where we're at today. I didn't even know I was going to get on this subject. Huh? But I'm going to get off this horse real quick. But That's where they was. Huh? They was over there in exile. Huh? There was a mom. There was a dad. Huh? There was their little children. Huh? They were taken away with no hope. And this is what they told Ezekiel. They said, Here, Our bones are dry and our hope is lost and we are cut off. Amen? We are cut off, huh? From the life, huh? And our homes and everything's taken away. Huh? You notice that? He said, Our bones are dry. And then I think about this vision that he giving Ezekiel. I want to tell you something. God knows what he's doing. Huh? And he gives Ezekiel this vision. And he brought him out into this valley. huh? And this valley, my friends, in Bible times, that's where they done their fighting. huh? The majority of the battles was down in the valleys. It was hand-to-hand combat, face-to-face, sword-to-sword. And they fought. And he carried Ezekiel out there, my friend, in that valley. Huh? And the, it said that the valley was full of bones. Huh? There it was full of dry bones. In other words, Scripture says they been laying there a long time. <laughs> They've been laying there a long time, huh? They were bleached in the sun. My friend, if you look at those skeletons that Ezekiel see, huh? They were white. They wasn't gray. They were white because they were bleached in the sun, because they've been laying there a long time. And it said that Ezekiel hoovered over them, huh? Remember, he's in the spirit. Huh? And the Lord's carried him over that valley. And he's like he's floating around, huh? Over the top. And he's looking at all these dead bodies. And he asked the question, can these bones live again? Ezekiel <laughs> gave him the right answer, didn't he? Huh? He said, thou knowest. <laughs> thou knowest? Huh? Thou knowest? Anyway, here, he said, let me back up here. on the verse that I was on and he said thou knowest and he said again to them prophesize upon these bones and say unto them O ye ye dry bones hear the word of the Lord amen I want to tell you something my friend the church the churches across the land huh, need to hear the word of God. Right? Right. They need to wake up and hear the word of God. Yes, huh? As it's preached, it is power, and it's authority today. Right. Huh? Because the church, we got away from this preaching. We got away from these things that's through the heart of God. We need something. We need an evangelist that would stir us and preach the word of God and bring us under conviction. Hear the word. huh? Because this word is the only thing that's going to give you life. (laughs) Amen. Hear the word of the Lord. And he said it to and the Lord said it to God. and the Lord, thus saith the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. Now I want to tell you something this morning. What that breath means, that means soul. That means their soul. And breath also means life. All right? So, here is the deal. For revival to happen to the church, God's going to have to breathe life into it. And listen, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about coming to church and gathering together and God's been in this place. And I'm not just preaching on this church. I 'm preaching in churches as a whole, huh that God has been in this place and he's come, but this is not revival. Revival is a whole nother level it's a whole nother thing that'll take place God in, uh, in our lives when God comes in, huh the soul, these dead bones, these dead bodies had no, no soul, they were dead, they were gone, huh. He said, you're going to give them breath. You're going to give them life. Huh? You're going to cause them to breathe again. Remember they were very dry. And I will lay sinews upon you. Huh? And I'll bring flesh upon you. Let me see if I can explain this. And cover you with skin, with skin and breathe in you. And you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. Now, hear these bones. I want to tell you something today, church. This just come to my mind. You don't think that the churches ain't scattered today? Look how many denominations there are today. We have splintered so far away from each other. huh? You know, one church believes this way and another church believes this way. huh? And there's division in the church. And then that church, maybe it's a Baptist church, and it's called the first, second, third Baptist, whatever. And I'm not picking on the Baptist. I'm using them as an example. And then they'll split off, and then this will be another Baptist church. Do you get my point? It splinters so much, and the bones are scattered all over the place today. And it need not be that way. We all the churches ought to have the same message and preach Christ and Him crucified. Amen. where sinners will get saved where lives will change and be made new right. but they were scattered all over the place all over that valley huh? and the sinews are the ligaments and the ligaments are what holds the bones together huh? the tendons is what keeps the, mu- the muscle on the bone I thought about that. I know. I probably ought to go to these notes. I <clears throat> Not thought about that. What are we going to do to have a revival? What's going to have to take place? I want to tell you something. The church, the churches as a whole are going to have to come together. They're going to have to come together, my friend, and get, a, get away from the divisions. That's dividing them. Huh? And come together as a whole. And I want to tell you something else. The first thing that will happen that the church needs to do is pray. Guy, huh? His leg bone was over there, and his arm bone was over here, huh? And his rib cage was laying there. <laughs> We repent of our sins. We do anything that's in our life to get, get any trash filth, or whatever it is out of our life so God can come into it and pray and bring us a revival. Huh? The church needs to come together and they need to pray. Come together as one. Huh? And he said, and I'll bring flesh upon you Amen. You know what flesh is? In this portion of scripture, it's not skin because the skin's not on there yet. <laughs> flesh is muscle. <laughs> flesh is muscle. Listen to me this morning. Huh? May God give the church some spiritual muscle in this fight. Spiritual strength, my friend, that we can overcome the enemy and all the powers of hell that keep people lost and in their sins. Amen. Give us some spiritual power. Huh? I tell you, without the muscles, my friend, you're not going anywhere. You're not gonna do nothing. Huh? Take away your arm muscles, and it'll let down to the side and decide it'll never move again. Same way with your leg or back. Huh? Without any muscles, there's no power to move this body. You see what I'm saying, church? I'm talking spiritually this morning. Give, give us some spiritual muscle. Huh? And the skin. Huh? The skin is just nothing but the covering of the body. Huh? I thought about that. They said, "Here, and I'll put, and I'll bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin." Amen. Skin is just that covering of the body. Uh, And I want to tell you something. Believe me, beauty is only skin deep. (laughs) As soon as you get past the skin, I think it's an ugly sight. Uh, They said, "Ugliness is all the way to the bone." I believe it. Huh? But I'll cover you with skin. What are you going to cover us with, Lord? I'm going to cover you with righteousness and holiness and godly lives. Amen. So when the world sees you, huh? When the world sees you, who you are, they're going to see me. Right. They're going to see Christ in you and me. Amen. Amen covers in that righteousness, Lord, in that holiness. Amen. What did the Bible say, huh? The Bible said, my friend, we're a peculiar people. We're different. We've been washed in the blood. We've been changed, huh? Christ has done something in our hearts and in our lives. Amen. I tell you what, you don't find this, you won't find life. Amen. You don't even know what life is. You have no idea what it is until you find Christ. Right. Amen. So, so he's here. He's now he's now they have the they have the the uh, the bones has come together, huh? They have muscle on the bones, huh? Now they cut all their internal organs, everything's now in there. And then he covered him with skin, he covered them up here. Huh? And he said here and I'll breathe on you. I'll put breath in you. And you shall know that I am the Lord. Huh? And I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied. Listen to me. There was a noise. And behold a shaking. And the bones came together. Bone to his bow. Listen my friend. Huh? Praise God. If we have a revival. in the church, let's just say this little church right here, which God can give us a revival. I want to tell you something. There's going to be a shaking and a moving of God. Listen to me. And the world will know about it. They'll hear about it. Listen to great revivals of yesteryear. My friend, the sinner heard the message. The world knew that something was different. What do you think? They called it awakenings, huh? There was the first awakening. Huh? Their bones were bleached and dead. They were dead men blown. But God came and woke them up in the 18th century here in America. The first great awakening. Huh? And when it woke up, the church woke up, huh? And God revived the whole nation. Knew it, my friend. Millions, not millions, but thousands and thousands of people were saved. They were born again of the Spirit. The churches were packed out. Because God brought revival through His church. And delivered His people. And the world knew about it. Amen. You know why revivals come? How they, they the pattern that they come is basically it comes from God's people in the shape that their nation is in. Huh? When their na- this is what happened to America in the first and second awakening that God's people. Seen, huh? The state of the nation. They seen where they where we were at as a nation. They seen the sinfulness. They seen the ungodliness. They seen the filth and everything that was taking place, huh? And they prayed to God and sought God for revival, for a messages, huh? For a for a life to reflect who Jesus is. And when it happened, my friend, the world saw it. They saw it and felt it. There was a great shaking and a great noise in the church. I'm going to tell you something. It happened in the second one, Awakening II, which was in the early 19th century. If there's ever a time we need a revival, it's today. Our nation, I don't know how it was back then. We wasn't alive back then, but it was in bad shape. But I want to tell you something, it's in bad shape today. Yes, sir. Huh? I never thought, you know, usually, you know, we usually have different opinions about politics and everything. Everybody has disagreement, huh? But and that's alright. I mean, that's what we do. That's that's just the way it is, huh? But it's come down now that politics is, is out of it, and it's just ungodly stuff coming into the government and they approve it and pass laws for it and say it's all right. Yes, sir. Huh? We're fighting. Huh? In evil in high places. There's people in our government. Huh? They can't stand the nation. Don't think I'm lying to you because I'm telling you the truth. They can't stand the nation. They hate this nation the way it was founded and what it means. And the individual liberties that we have as a people in this country. They want to destroy that. They want control over us. They want power over us. They don't want a free-thinking people in their society because free people, free-thinking people, my friend, live in freedom. And they know. And they love power. And they don't want voted out of it. Amen. And he preached. (laughs) And he preached to him here. Huh? And I prophesied, and there was a great noise, and there was a shaking, and behold, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, huh? And the skin covered them. And above there, but <coughs> and above, but there was no breath in them. In other words, there was a body, huh? That was laying there. All them bodies were laying there in the desert in the valley, huh? And now they had all the physical characteristics were upon them, huh? It was like they was laying there asleep, huh? But there was no life in them. Huh? They were still dead. Huh? He said, breathe into them, son of man. He said, Say unto them, prophesies to the wind. <coughs> son of man, say to the wind thus saith the Lord God come ah, from the four winds O breath and breathe upon now listen to this upon these slain and they and that they may live Amen the reason I told you this was a battle because of that verse right there slain that means they died in battle slain is a cruel way of death it's a stabbing. It's a shooting, huh? It's a beating of someone to death, huh? That's it. it that's what it, it means, huh? They were slain in that valley. And I want to tell you something, church. I thought about this, huh? I've heard the stories down through the years, my friend, huh? Of saints of God that were strong and powerful, and a lot of them was preachers. That preached the word of God, my friend. huh? But I want to tell you, something happened. I'm telling you this so you'll hold on to God. But something happened in their lives, my friend. Whether it was divorce, whether it was family issues, whether it was hell or whatever it was. My friend, they were fighting the battle, my friend, and they couldn't do it any longer. It was too much for them. And the enemy slayed them. In other words, they lost their salvation. Don't tell me you can't lose it either. That's just false preaching that says you can't. They lost their salvation, my friend, and they became dead. And they were dead men's bones. Huh? Here they had no breath. And he told them to breathe breath upon them. And he said, I prophesy and demanded. And the breath came into them and they lived. (laughs) And they stood up on their feet. And exceedingly great army. Praise God. Hallelujah. I can't help it. You listen to me this morning. Let me tell you about this. And God created Adam there in the garden. He created him out of the dust of the ground. huh? And created this human life. Just like the story is here in his bones. Of the bones. He created everything he had. And he stood up before God. But there was no life in him. He was lifeless. Huh? And then it said God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And he became a living soul. Right. Listen, church, I want to interpret that for a minute. Huh? If you don't know God, you're a dead man walking. Right. Huh? Because you're spiritually dead. You're physically alive in the flesh, but you're spiritually dead because God has not breathed spiritual life into you yet. Yes, sir. <laughs> Huh? That's what happened to Adam. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And I want to tell you something. When God saved us, he breathed spiritual breath in our lives. And changed us. And transformed us. Wow! Hallelujah! I'm so glad for this this morning. I'm glad that it's real. I'm not preaching to you this morning just making something up. But I know it's real. I found his power and his strength. Amen. Amen. He changes lives. You got that right. The cross changes everything. Amen. Yes, sir. (laughs) And they stood on their feet, and they became exceedingly very hard. Huh? What are we as Christians? Huh? We are soldiers of the cross. (laughs) The Bible says that we are soldiers of the cross. Amen. Now listen, now that they stood up, my friend, and was on their feet, my friend, and and Ezekiel looked at them, huh? And as far as the eye could see. He's seen men standing up. But before, there was nothing but dry bones in the valley. But now he sees life. And he sees power. And he sees strength. I want to tell you something. When revival comes, my friend, the Lord will give us power and strength to get sinners converted. This is what revival is all about. It has nothing to do with me and you. It's about God using us to win the lost. That's all it is. And getting those who are backslidden and fallen away from God that went to church at one time, get them back in. When God sees that, and he knows that's our intention, my friend, he'll bring revival. Huh? The great revival's something else. The Welch Revival over there back in the, I think it was in the 1700s, 1800s. Huh? They had a revival in that nation. My friend, and it was so powerful. huh? It broke out. My friend, and it touched the cities and the communities and the hamlets and all, wherever people was at. It touched them and affected their life. It said, my friend, that the police station of that time had to close up because there were no more crimes. (laughs) The crimes were gone. The stealing. (laughs) The merchants. There was no more thieves anymore. God changed the people. Changed their lives, my friend. Huh? There was people that never even went to church. But they heard the shaking and the noise that was taking place in this little church in their city. They heard about it, my friend. And they went to find out what was going on. And they walked through the doors, my friend. And that's as far as they got. And God convicted them of their sins. And they fell on their face. And repented and was saved. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people were converted. Why? Because revival came. God brought it to his people, those who prayed and sought it. Amen. One divine moment that book that I let Audie use and cherish. I read that little book so many times, and that was down here in 1970 in Wilmore, Kentucky, at the Asbury College. Asbury College was a seminary, <coughs> was a Bible school, and in 1970 was a time you know the hippies were in the 60s and free love and peace and all this, and all the ungodly things that were going on, and the students were, rock, were, were, were uh, causing all kinds of trouble, not in this, but across the nation. They were breaking out windows. They were rebellious, and everything was going on. I was thinking of a word, I can't find a word. But anyway, there was a lot going on in the nation, and this little college, it said, there were some students I can't remember to give how many there was. We're talking 18, 19, 20-year-old kids. They came together. And said we need a revival. We need a revival, we need God in our college, in our nation. And they came together nightly and they prayed. Uh, They poured their heart out to God uh, and to let God know that they needed a revival in our nation as bad as it was. I believe it's worse today than what it was back then. And they prayed, my friend, and they found out later after their revival had already broke out and many were saved and converted that it was this group that had this prayer meeting. held them in their dorms nightly they might have done it in the morning too I can't remember but here's what happened the dean of the college the preacher the professor went into the auditorium that morning with a message the way I understand it a preacher when he comes to preach he better have a message Huh. That's what he's there for to preach the word of God. But anyhow, what had happened was, he came in, he got behind the pulpit, the students filled the auditorium, huh? And they'd done the songs and the routines, you know, the first thing they do in the service. And he said, he got up there and he said, "You know what?" He said, "I just feel like I don't need to preach." He said, I feel like, basically, I don't know what the words was. I don't have anything, basically. (laughs) He said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take testimonies. We're just going to have a testimony service. You just testify what God has done for you this week. Or testify of a prayer that he's answered for you. So people got up and they started taking their time. I took their turn, one at a time, and testified. Okay. And as they were testifying and telling their stories to the other students, Christ came into that college. Came into that auditorium. I read it, people, and it stirred my heart. He come into that auditorium, my friend. This is what one man said that was the professor of the college. That Christ came in and has sat in the pew, huh, and he's still there. But anyway, something changed, huh? From one testimony to the other one. God's Spirit came and fell upon the service. Listen, my friend. And when the Spirit of God comes, there is liberty and there's freedom, huh? And it came, my friend, and people were touched. They knew where they were living at. They knew what was going on. Some of them had grudges. Some of them had told lies. Some of them had had done things that were wrong that they kept in for years inside. But the Holy Spirit opened it up and they went to the altar and prayed. And got everything settled. And it spread, listen to me, like wildfire. Huh? They, the whole college heard what was taken, what was happening down in the auditorium. Listen to me. I'm almost done. It's Twenty after. Probably already. <coughs> anyway, you sit there. that. Yep. That happened about nine or ten o'clock in the morning. Lunchtime time came. <laughs> And it's one of these students said, I went down into the, he said, I went down into the cafeteria. And he said, there was only two or three people there. Huh? The custodians, the ones that were working in the cafeteria were there. But nobody was else was there. He said, where's everybody at? And somebody said, they're having a revival in the auditorium. He went back to the auditorium, my friend. And he walked through the doors. And he felt the power of God. And he got converted, or whatever he got right with God, because he told the story. (laughs) Listen, it said that the place was packed, huh? It was wall to wall. People standing all over the auditorium, and people outside the auditorium. On the steps, they were just full of people. Why is that? Because God came, Mm -hmm. it was His divine initiative. To come to those people. And it said that it broke. It went on for weeks and weeks and weeks. Night after day after day. Night after night. There was no ending to it. There were people in the chapel, huh? In the auditorium at 3 a.m. in the morning. Huh? And it said they broke out and sing all the time. Huh? They they sung the songs, huh? And people would come to them. It was just not planned at all. None of it was planned. And, and, and anyway, listen, I know there's so much more to tell you. But it got out. huh? The noise was heard. The shaking was heard. And the reporters from all over the nation come down to that little Bible college in Ashbury huh? to find out what was going on. Channel 8, Channel 12, whatever it is, 59. All the news channels, my friend, were down at that college live mics and live film huh? recording what was going on. What did I tell you? A shakening and a noise. It happened down in that little college. Real revival. And, it, and uh, this reporter came up to one of the uh, men in the college. He said, well, how long have you been planning this revival? Huh? How long has this been going on? And, and uh, how long is it going to last? Huh? And he said, we never planned nothing. Huh? Like I told you, he said, his, this is the exact words. He said, Jesus Christ has came in and sat down in the pew. Huh? And he's still here. And he said, that's when it started. And he said, I'll tell you when it's going to end when he gets up and walks out. In any ways, listen, those students, my friend, had to fire. That's what, the, that's what revival is. It's that fire of God burning in our hearts. And they had to fire. And they, they set up groups. I don't know how many groups they did. Two or three or four students at a time. huh? Saying, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to this state. And you're going to go to that state. And there was churches, listen to me, there was churches all over the nation had put in for their order for those students to come and, and stand up in the pulpit and witness, to just witness, not preach, but just witness to them what took place in this college. <laughs> they came over to Anderson. Huh? At the Church of God. I was just little, then. I wasn't very big. Probably about 71 maybe my mom and dad went Bob Biffle went I think my uncle Glenn Stewart went they went sending them services when them, when them witnesses came over there from that college and I remember mom saying she said it's she said it was kind of quiet she said but when you walked in she said there was just such a sweet spirit it was just a different spirit huh you see the impact of what the revival did on these students huh that impact that spiritual impact came down from heaven and rested upon their lives huh and when they went out into the world and into the churches the people of God it. I'm talking about real revival amen not a scheduled meeting and we need we need to hold scheduled meetings don't get me wrong. We need to do that. That's not revival. Not real revival. A real revival will come when God comes. Amen. And it'll change it. And I thought about this. I laid in bed, flipped, and flopped and tossed and turned. Lord, what is it? What does it really? What does it really mean, Mark? What is it about? Huh? What will happen to me? What will happen to our church? And I thought of this: if it comes, it'll change us forever. Huh? It'll give us a zeal for God, huh? And a fire for God, huh? Down in our souls that we never had before. Listen, I'm not downgrading this salvation that's in our hearts tonight huh? or this morning. But what I'm trying to tell you is, God has another fire for his people to burn. And that fire is to win the lost, like I said. Do what God has called the church to do. Huh? It's just that simple. Go ye out into the world, into the hedges and the highways, and compel them to come in and give them the message of the gospel. Right. If you'll do that, huh? that's what it's all about. Amen? I believe that I know I missed a lot here in this. You see, in Proverbs it says 1434, righteous exalt a nation, but sin is a reapproach to any people. Sin, in other words, is a disgrace and a shame. The nations Countries, I should say, and nations. Huh? When the great revivals came, they came because their country was in this shape. They were in bad shape, and so was the churches. The churches lost their power. They lost their strength. Huh? But somebody, I'm glad. I know I got. I know I'm way too long. I'm glad that God has left the raiment, ain't you? He left left a certain amount of people, listen, huh, that knows what this is all about, huh? And I can't help it. Listen, church, I feel this body, you people here this morning, huh? We're part of that. I believe that with all of my heart. God's kept us here for a reason. This church could have been closed years ago and shut up, huh? Huh? I'd say this, and I'll say it again. I know God sent Brother Abrams to this church for a reason to keep it open. Amen. And if it wasn't for him, they'd have closed it. Huh? I don't know, but I feel that way. Huh? There's a raiment here in this little church. Praise God for that. Amen. I'm done. You got to believe in it. If you don't believe it'll happen. It's not going to happen. Amen. You have to believe. Just like in a lot of things. Jesus. Jesus touched people and healed them instantly. Right there. Right on the spot. But there's others. He said to them, As your faith is, so be it unto you. In other words, (laughs) if you believe that I can do it,